When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode twenty four of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Duffy's Tavern ran on CBS. NBC, and NBC Blue from 1941 to 1951. It was a situation comedy slash comedy variety show and starred Ed Gardner as the manager of a tavern where, quote, the elite meet to eat. The actual owner of the tavern, Duffy, was never seen nor heard. The show starred several actresses as Duffy's daughter, Miss Duffy, who worked at the tavern. Several actors as Clifton Finnegan, a tavern patron, and Eddie Green as Eddie the Waiter. There were always high-profile guest stars on the show, and they participated in the comedy skits in each episode. The show produced a 1945 movie, Ed Gardner's Duffy Tavern, and a 1954 syndicated TV series, although it only lasted for one season. Now sit back and enjoy the November 16, 1945, and January 25, 1944 broadcasts of Duffy's Tavern. So we take you now to Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat Archie DeMange speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Uh, the crowd? Oh, there's a couple of celebrities here. Well, for one, uh, Horace Guttenberg, the well-known counterfeiter. <laughs> yeah, he's very happy. He just found a publisher for his new $10 bill. <laughs> yeah, probably be the December selection of the Bucket a Month Club. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, uh, Shamus Schmidt just dropped in, too. He just got out of the air corps. Yeah, he's sitting here at the end of the bar with his back to everybody. Well, I guess it must be force of habit. He used to be a tail gunner. <laughs> Look, Duffy, uh, by the way, we got to get rid of that new chef. Yeah. Well, from his cooking, I think the guy must be a fatalist. Huh? Yeah, he seems to figure we all got to go sometime. <laughs> Well, we gotta do something, Duffy. All our business is going over to Grogan's across the street. Huh? Well, I don't know, Duffy, but when a customer walks out of Grogan's, he's got a smile on his face. Well, yeah, I know when they leave here, they're smiling, but Duffy, are they walking? <laughs> well, I'll think of something. <clears throat> okay, Duffy.
Bonnie Bristle. If a tall, beautiful brunette, what are you doing there? I'm changing the liverwurst on the free lunch. Changing the liverwurst? But it's only been there for five weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, but this post-war meat just don't seem to have no endurance. <laughs> yeah, but don't throw it away. Grind it up to chicken hash. <laughs> Anyways, as I was saying, if a tall, beautiful brunette uh, comes in looking for me, aware me of her presence immediately, will you? Tall, beautiful, well-dressed brunette looking for you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll take a hat and straight jacket and announce her immediately. Eddie, as one might say to Abner, that ain't funny, McGee. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just uh, have a slight bent for the humorous. What you mean is that your humor has a slight case of the bends. <laughs> you always have to be funny while here I am racking up me brain trying to think of a way to get our business on its feet. If our business ever gets on its feet, it'll walk right out of here. <laughs> hey, anyway, well, what's this beautiful brunette got to do with business? Well, she's a fortune teller, Madam Zuma. She might work here. Fortune teller? Yeah, I met her at a party over at Bullethead Brannigan's, uh... B.B. gave the party for his kid brother. Sort of a combination of the kid's graduation from public school and his 24th birthday. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, Madame Zuma was there, and terrific, Eddie. Telling fortunes, doing magic tricks, all kinds of prestidigitalis, you know? <laughs> One of them uh, female phonies, huh? Only nothing. This is a very terrific thing. Real class, you know. I wish you could have seen her after the party broke up. Proud as a queen, this name. Telling Clancy the cop that she can climb into the patrol wagon without help, thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, I bet you if we had a fortune teller here, work, you know, working here, we could double our business. Then we'd only be losing half as much. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say it. Yeah, I know, but this time I beat you to it. <laughs> Hello, oh, Miss Duffy. Oh, Miss Duffy, that nice dress you got on. Oh, thank you, Eddie. It's the newest thing. It's made out of parachute silk. Yeah, and it fits you like you forgot to bail out. <laughs> uh, ain't it a trifle tight? Uh, not at all. It's just cut on the bias. And it don't fit too well in front, neither. <laughs> Where did you buy it? I didn't buy it. I made it myself. I got the pattern out of a magazine. Out of a magazine, huh? House beautiful, no doubt. <laughs> Miss Archie, why, why don't you stop picking on Miss Duffy? After all, a girl can't have brains, looks, and personality, and a gorgeous figure all at once. No, but she could have them one at a time. <laughs> huh. I should bother my time talking to a square. You know, it's men like you that make it a pleasure for a girl to be an old maid. Glad to be of service. <laughs> now, look, Miss Duffy, I'm busy now. I got a fortune teller coming down here to work, you see. Oh, a fortune teller? Huh, another one of your crazy schemes. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if on account of you, one of these days this business went on the rocks. One of these days? 
<laughs> Miss Duffy, welcome to Boulder Dam. <laughs> Speaking of rocks, look what just came out from under one. <laughs> oh, Finnegan, I was just uh, saying here, we got a fortune teller coming down here tonight. How would you like to get your palm red? Oh, it wouldn't work, God. Why? I just washed my hands. <laughs> uh, besides, uh, I just had me fortune told the other day. Then, uh, what did it say? It said I weighed 159 pounds. <laughs> yeah, and it said that I'm very intelligent, I'm uh, bound to succeed, and attractive to women. <laughs> Brother, was that weighing machine cockeyed? Uh, sure was. I, I only weigh 140. Uh, Miss Archer. Oh, yes, Eddie. A letter just come for your special delivery. A letter for me? Who could be writing at this hour? <laughs> Let me see it, Eddie. There you are. Hmm, nice stationery. Hey, my dear nephew Archie. Just a line to let you know that I am leaving you my entire fortune. Please excuse the poor penmanship as I'm writing this from my deathbed. And by the time you receive it, I will probably have passed into the great beyond. Let's get together soon. <laughs> Signed, your loving uncle. Hmm. Your loving uncle who? It don't say. <laughs> this is very strange indeed. Look, you, you don't suppose it could be some new kind of post-war racket? Eddie, would a man go to the trouble of dying just for a racket? <laughs> no, it looks like lightning has finally struck me, Eddie. Like a bolt from the cloth. Yep. <laughs> the guy's entire fortune, he says. You know what that means? Polar ponies. Yachts. Fresh fish every Friday from my own private aviary. <laughs> Thirty pair of shoes, a dozen neckties, two suits. <clears throat> I'll make that Adolf Manjo look like a beachcomber. <clears throat> what do you want, you big pig? <laughs> you heard me. Well, it just happens that I inherited a pile of dough and I will need your lousy job no longer. <laughs> well, every dog has his day and I'm no exception. <laughs> yes. Okay, I bid you good day, peasant. <laughs> Boy, Eddie, ain't it wonderful how you can talk if you got money? That's right, if you got it. If Wait, now, just a second, uh... Hey, bully boo dear, Sahib. <laughs> well, Pierre, I'll tell you. <laughs> in the first place, you don't care bully boo who this uncle is. And in the second place, he don't say how much care bully boo he's leaving. <laughs> Eddie, you know, you're the kind of a guy that would find flaws in a painting by Toscanini. <laughs> But you'll eat your attitude when you see me riding down the street in me Cadillac reconvertible with a... <laughs> a stable tail flying from the radiator. Ready? Yes, sir. I think I figured it out. There was only one uncle that I ever had that had any dough. And I ain't seen the guy for years. 
Why was that? Well, he's been away at sea. He was a very big shipping man, you know, uh, made a fortune out of the sea. I think I'm going to call up his main office and check up. Hello? Fulton Fish Market? <laughs> uh, this is uh, Archie. Is uh, my uncle there? Yes. The Barnacle. Uh, huh? He just went out a few minutes ago? He did. Uh, well, uh, tell me, uh, was it by any chance feet first? <laughs> just staggering, huh? <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> he never was very dependable. So, hi, Art. What is it, Finnegan? I heard you're going to be a millionaire. Uh, congratulations. Well, it is. <laughs> A few little escrows to be fiscal out before the principal accrues, but, uh, <coughs> thank you anyway. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, I should do, now that you got all of this dough, how about lending me the loan of a nickel? I know it. I ain't even coming to me fortune yet, and already the vultures are beginning to vulch me. <laughs> but, Arch, I only asked for a nickel. Well, you ask for a nickel, 13 other guys ask for a nickel before I know it, there's a buckshot. <laughs> Besides, it's a lot better if I don't give you the nickel. Why? To save you from yourself. To keep you from going out and getting high as a kite on Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> I know you, Clifton Finnegan. You're weak. Yeah, but, uh... Just... Now, don't bother me. In the first place, i got to figure out which uncle it was that left me all of this dough. Good evening, Archie. Well, Madam Zuma, we've been looking forward to you, uh... May I say that welcoming a fortune teller to this place is a very rare privilege? But I'm not just a fortune teller. I'm a medium. I beg your pardon. It is a medium rare privilege. (laughs) (laughs) You'll excuse me, sense of humor, madam. It sometimes runs away from me. I can't say that I blame it. Well, (laughs) thank you. Uh, Well, tell me, how's things? How have you been? Read any good palms lately? (laughs) Archie, I'm trying to explain. Madame Zuma is not just a palmist or fortune teller. The madam is also a spiritualist and astrologer. Oh, is that so? Yes. Do you know anything about astrology? Oh, sure. Sautine, Cuba Libra, uh, uh, Taurus the Bull, (laughs) Gemini the Cricket, uh... Certainly, I I know them all. Uh, incidentally, uh, what are you, a uh, Virgo by any chance? Archie. <laughs> Archie, you aren't by any chance trying to cast my horoscope. Well, you can't blame a guy for trying. <laughs> After all, you ain't a bad-looking tomato for a zodiac. <laughs> Just one second, Archie. I would like to remind you that I'm here on business. Oh. Now, when does the rush hour start? The rush hour. (laughs) Well, madam, you see that guy standing over there drinking a beer? Yes. When he puts down his nickel and walks out, the rush hour is over. (laughs) But, uh, you see, that's what we was hoping, that you'd help business here. Uh, By the way, would you like a cup of tea to get started? A cup of tea would be nice. Uh-huh. Uh, anything else? Yes, a bourbon chaser. <laughs> a 
bourbon chaser. Well, madam, I see in addition to your other talents that you also communicate with a spirit. <laughs> oh, Eddie, uh, one bourbon coming up for Madame Zuma. That one bourbon coming up. Archie, you are joking, but I am serious. I do communicate with the spirits. The spirits of those who have gone beyond. You do? Look. I got a letter today from a dead uncle, see? <laughs> and <laughs> I was wondering uh, if... Pardon me, madam. Uh, here's your rye. Rye? But I ordered bourbon. Well, have it your way. Here's your bourbon. <laughs> Perhaps I should just have the tea. Okay, madam. Uh, come on, rye. Back you go into the scotch bottle. <laughs> Now, Archie, you were about to tell me of a letter that you received. Yes, madam. Uh, maybe you could help me. <laughs> what is it, Finnegan? Uh, how's it about the madam reading my palm? Okay, go ahead. Uh, humor him, madam, Zuma, but uh, don't try reading his mind unless you feel you need a vacation. <laughs> Very well. Hold out your left hand, Mr. Finnegan. Yeah, Archie. My left hand? Well, here's about the mule picker that. <laughs> Interesting palm. A strong lifeline, but no headline. Oh, I got very few worries. <laughs> Look, madam, why don't you just tell him what sign he was born under and let it go at that? Do I happen to know what sign I was born under. Do you? Which one? I was born under a stop sign. The ambulance couldn't make it to the hospital. <laughs> Give up. Look, here's that nickel that you wanted. Now go out and drown your sorrows with a Tootsie Roll. Oh, boy, thanks, Dutch. I'll be right back. Don't hurry. Now, uh, Madam Zuma, to get back to that letter we were discussing, it seems that an uncle of mine... I say, Archie. Good heavens, the thing that was here has a sister? <laughs> Madam, it's even worse than that. This is Duffy's daughter. Oh, how do you do? Uh, would you mind reading my paw, Madam Zuma? Now, look, Miss Duffy. Archie, I have been told that I have some very interesting lines. Well, if you have, they're certainly all in your hands. <laughs> uh, let me see your hand, my dear. Hmm, the heart line. I see signs of shyness and timidity with the opposite sex. They must be the blister she got climbing up the fire escape at the YMCA. Oh, just don't pay any attention to that big mouth. Now, well, uh, madam, there's something I want you to tell me. Can you see in my palm whether I'll be married in the near future? Let me see. Hmm, it doesn't look too good. Madam, you're not looking at my palm, you're looking at my face. My dear, I read lines wherever I find them. Archie, is this crummy fortune teller trying to insult me? No, it's just that even to a gypsy, you ain't no Rose Lee. <laughs> now, go on. Scram, scuttle your bustle. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, madam. Well, Archie, let's get back to business. You have a letter from a long-lost uncle who is dead and has left you a fortune. Just a second. I didn't tell you what the letter said. How did you know? The unseen powers tell me many, many things. They also tell me that your uncle neglected to mention before he died 
who he was and how you could get his money. Amazing. Madam, uh, them unseen ghosts didn't tell you who my uncle was, did they? Not yet, but they could. Well, get him on the phone. <laughs> no, 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 Archie. It could only be done through a seance. A what, aunt? A seance where we all gather round the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of them information places with cheat. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, do you think you could contact me, Uncle? Well, we can try. I'll go make the preparations. Good. Swami Easter Salami, Eddie the Happy Medium speaking. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Duffy. Mr. Archie? Now, just a second, I'll get him. Oh, Mr. Archie. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> hello, Duffy. Huh? You heard about the fortune teller? Well, uh, she's going to contact me, departed uncle. What's she like? Uh, well, about uh, five feet four, and, uh, well, generally it should happen to me. <laughs> Yeah, huh? After she contacts me, Uncle, you'd like to contact her? <laughs> Duffy, I think in terms of astrology, you must have been born under the sign of Errol the Wolf. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What am I talking so friendly to you for? I almost forgot that I don't need this job, you crumb. Good day, sir. All right, Archie. We are ready for the seance. Okay, uh, you got your crystal ball? Madame Zuma does not use a crystal ball. No, Madame Zuma uses an eight ball. And guess who's behind it? <laughs> Eddie, 
Peace. Now, <laughs> now, what's our first step, Madam Zuma? Well, first we must have total darkness. Okay, Eddie, uh, turn out the light. Uh-oh, this time you ain't even gonna be able to see it coming. <laughs> Please, quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, due to a seance that's about to take place, we got to exterminate the light. So, uh, <laughs> remember, this is all on your honor, and I want you gentlemen to remember that the person next to you may be somebody's sister. <laughs> and, uh, oh yes, in case anybody gets any ideas, the pretzels are counted. <laughs> Go ahead, Eddie, douse the light. Right? Thank you. How's that, Madam Zuma? Oh, it is not quite dark enough. I can see something gleaming on the floor. Where? Oh, yes, sir. Will the gentleman with the gold teeth please close his mouth? <laughs> I thank you, sir. <clears throat> All right, proceed ahead, madam. Very well. Now, please, everybody, place your hands on the table. We are now surrounded by spirits. The spirits of those who have passed into the hereafter. Wait. I feel strong vibrations. The vibrations are beginning to move me. I forgot to tell you, madam, the subway runs right under this building. <laughs> Archie, Archie, please, I must have quiet. Hello? Hello out there. Madame Zuma calling Archie's uncle. Please limit your call to five minutes, madam. Go ahead, madam. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Archie, perhaps your voice would help. Okay. Archie to uncle. Archie to uncle. Do you roger me? Yes, this spirit has heard. He is approaching us. We must all remain seated. No one must move. From now on, Madame Zuma will be silent. Archie's uncle will speak to us soon. Soon. Hello? Hello, uncle? Are you there? I hear something moving. Hey, what's the matter? Is the flight <laughs> No, we're, we're open. In fact, we've been waiting for you. Oh, gee, that's nice. Uh, I suppose you came to tell me about the money? Yeah. Fine, uh, where is it? Can you tell me now? It's down in the candy store. You left the money in a candy store. Can you tell me the name of the candy store? Yeah, Cohen's Candy Store. Where else would I go to buy a touchy roll? <laughs> Wait a minute. Switch on them lights. Finnegan, it's... where is Madame Zuma? Hey, what's that cash register doing open? Madame Zuma has left with the Mazuma. <laughs> you mean we've been robbed? Uh, she didn't put no money in that register. Mr. <laughs> Archie, you have just been taken. I... Oh, what a sucker I was. Yep, a real seer sucker. <laughs> but you ain't got nothing to worry about. Mr. Duffy won't mind that money being missing from the register. After all, you and him is on such nice, friendly terms. Mm. Hello, Duffy. 
Well, I inherited that fortune, but uh, if you'd like me to work here for nothing for a while, the <laughs> boss will mean nothing to me. After all, you know, I like you. You're a very sweet guy. It's Duffy's Tavern, brought to you transcribed by the National Broadcasting Company, with Charlie Cantor as Finnegan, Hazel Sherman as Miss Duffy, Pat's Bichon at the piano, our guest, Deems Taylor, and starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner! Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where do you late me to eat? Archie, the manager speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. I guess who's coming down tonight? The man who made musical criticism a household word. No, not President Truman. <laughs> that was no household word. Oh, it's Deems Taylor. Deems, you know, like in uh, Deems, Dem, and Doze. <laughs> you never heard of him. But Duffy's is an institution. Deems is to American music what uh, O'Gratton is to cheese. <clears throat> Look, Duffy, remember when we used to turn on the radio and uh, listen to them dull concerts, you know? Well, uh, he's the guy that used to liven them up with that dull talk. <laughs> That's the guy, yeah, from the Philharmonica. It was his job to kind of blab about what was going on on the stage, sort of a combination stool pigeon and peep and tom. Huh? Oh, yes, uh, very distinguished, you know. Uh, austere and dignified, aristocratic, bald-headed. <laughs> Kid, bald as a bat. <laughs> It's the only actor on television that can get away with showing more flesh than Dagmar. <laughs> well, he's coming down tonight to listen to an opera I have wrote for television. <clears throat> Look, Duffy, a crude, vulgar sound like that don't make you no Deems Taylor. <clears throat> Uh, let me... So many people don't seem to like television. <laughs> well, let's see here. I better check this opera to see if I made any mistakes. Let's see. Act one. The curtain rises. That's your first mistake. <laughs> Quiet, Fats. As the opera opens, the Duke has lost his entire fortune. As he comes home from his mother's funeral... He learns that his son has been run over by a beer truck. So, racked with fever and malaria, he walks into his house, and he finds his wife in the arms of his best friend. So, turning to the audience, he stabs himself with his dagger. 
as he sings, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. <laughs> well, that part's okay. I just wonder what I should call this opera. Uh, what, what would be a good title for an opera, Fats? Lundgren? Yeah, that sounds a little corny. Huh? How about Pagliacci? No, it don't sound like it'd be a name that'd catch on. How about Figaro? Don't be silly. That's a fertilizer. <laughs> well, we're getting close. What do you mean? <laughs> don't mind when I want lousy criticism, I'll ask Deems Taylor for it. Who's Deems Taylor? Who is Deems Taylor? <laughs> He only happens to be such a big name in the music world, he has his own key to the washroom at the Met. <laughs> That's one guy that knows everything there is to know about music. Yeah? Then why ain't he got his own band? Well, Fats, he's a critic. You know, the guy ain't got no talent himself, he's just an authority. <laughs> Tells other people what's wrong with them, you know. He, he can take any opera, say, say like Tannenbaum, you know. <laughs> he can tell you exactly how many notes there is on page 16. Suppose nobody asks him. <laughs> Deems is the type of man who will tell them anyway. <laughs> yep, he can even tell you anything you want to know about any composer. Living or dead? Uh, oh, oh, hello, Finnegan. Hey, what's that you're writing? I'm knocking out an opera. Oh. Say, Arch, could you use a good soprano? Who's the soprano? Me. Finnegan, in order to be a soprano, you've got to be a dame. Oh, then it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> you were singing. What's the matter, singer? I've been studying. You want to hear me sing up the scale? Perish for bed. Oh, listen. That was up the scale. <laughs> now, leave me here, you sing down the scale. <laughs> well, his voice ain't bad, but he's got a horrible sense of direction. <laughs> well, Art, you can't have everything. <laughs> Look, uh, who learned you to sing like that anyhow, Miss, Miss Duffy? No, was you Miss Duffy? I learned it from listening to the birds. To the birds? Oh, exactly. Birds can sing better than anybody. Birds can sing. What are you talking? People can sing rings around birds anytime. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Take Lily Pond. She can hit an F above a high C. While balancing herself on a telephone wire? <laughs> Scratching herself behind the ear with her left leg. <laughs> okay, Finnegan, you made your point. Nothing the hard way. But now leave me get back to my opera. Now let me see. Uh... Oh, hello, Archie. Oh, hello, Miss Duffy. <clears throat> uh, don't bother me here for a minute. I'm busy now. As the curtain goes up, revealing the second cadenza, our, uh, our hero went You know, Archie, everything you write always has the stamp of your personality on it. Yeah? Your work is always so... Uh, What's the word? Uh, individual? No. Unique? No. 
Imaginative? No. I'm afraid your vocabulary is lousy. That's the word, lousy. <laughs> now, if you ask me... I ain't asking you. What do women know about composing music anyhow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Could I take part in this conversation? All right, Finnegan. What do you want to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that throws a different light on it. <clears throat> Miss Duffy, I, I defy you if you can name me one great woman composer who was a member of the female sex. A great woman composer? Uh... Joan Sebastian Bach. Well, her, yeah, but... Uh... <laughs> but that's just one. <clears throat> Let me see your name another. Uh, Paderewski. Paderewski was a guy. I am referring to his mother. She was a woman. What's that got to do with it? Who do you think beat him so he'd learn to play the piano? Oh, why do I waste me time? Archie, you seem to forget that I have a musical background. Only when you're standing in front of a jukebox. Uh, where did you get a musical background? From my grandfather. Your grandfather? Yeah, he was a musician. A musician? He was an organ grinder on a hurdy-gurdy. Some musician. Just a minute. In Daniel Webster's dictionary, a musician is defined as one who produces music, right? So? What do you think came out of that hurdy-gurdy? Chopped liver? <laughs> okay, so your grandfather was another McRanonoff. <laughs> he was better. I'd like to see how good McRanonoff could play with a cop chasing him down the street. Or sitting on a telephone wire scratching his hair with his left leg. <laughs> So this is what you call a musical background, huh? How about Papa? What about him? He's always singing. Your old man always sings? Certainly. Every time he's in the bathtub. And he'd be much better off if he sang oftener. <laughs> oh, yeah? Have you ever heard him sing Sweet Adeline? Only once, a duet with a lamppost. <laughs> the lamppost sounded better. Now beat it, Miss Duffy. I gotta get back in my creative mood. Oh, Fats, uh... Yeah. Fats, uh, play me some opera to put me in a mood, huh? Sorry, boss. I only know the popular stuff. Oh, then. Okay, then. Play some popular stuff. It may please the peasants. <laughs> Just picture a penthouse way up in the sky With hinges on chimneys for clouds to roll by A sweet slice of heaven projects you and I When we alone From out of society we'll stay alone Living propriety there on our own To heavenly hermits we will be in truth When we're alone We live life's mad pattern As we view old Manhattan We can't thank our lucky stars That we live in as we are In our little penthouse we'll always confide To keep love and romance forever alive in view of the Hudson just over the drive When we alone
life's mad pattern As we view old Manhattan We can't thank our lucky stars That we live in as we are In our little penthouse we'll always contrive To keep love and romance forever alive In view of the Hudson just over the drive When we alone Boy, Fats, but I gotta finish this opera now before Deems gets here. Let's see. As the curtain goes up, the Duke has stabbed everybody on the stage. <laughs> so, not wishing to go out into the audience, he now stabs himself. <clears throat> As he gasps for breath, he pulls up his sleeve, and there, to his surprise, he finds a birthmark. It is a Salisbury strawberry. <laughs> E good gad, he yells. I am my own half-brother. Well, Mr. Archer. Yeah, Fats. You want to taste this soup to see if it's all right? Okay. Tastes all right. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you one thing, Archie. What? You are sipping it in E flat. James Taylor! <laughs> Well, Deem's glad to see you back at the tavern again. How does the whole place look to you? Well, now I know how Orpheus felt in Hades. <laughs> this I ain't acquainted with. <clears throat> Have you any other observations? Well, I must compliment you on one thing, Archie. What's that? The way you've arranged the customers in such neat piles. <laughs> I suppose you're used to the Metropolitan where they sleep sitting up. <laughs> but don't underestimate this place, Dames. You know something? What? Irving Berlin himself sat at this very table, and he himself... Wrote that music right there on that tablecloth. Oh, that's what it is on that tablecloth. Let me yeah. see. Hmm, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Ouch! What happened? One of the half notes just jumped off the table and bit my hand. <laughs> Guess it was just professional jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has all been very delightful. Now I think I'll go. Go! <clears throat> but you just got here. Can you think of a better time? <laughs> But we ain't even chit-chatted, Deems. Uh, tell me what you've been doing. You've been working on FM? FM? Yeah, television. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should be great on it, huh? <laughs> well, to be frank, I, I am rather photogenic. <laughs> well, everybody's scared at first. <laughs> I understand that even when Milton Brill started, his hair stood right on... You wouldn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Archie, please, I'm, I'm a little sensitive about my departed pompadour. Oh, sorry. It's a rather sad chapter in my life. Yeah, sensitive, huh? Well, then leave us not talk about it. Thank you. Not at all. Not at all. We'll talk about something else. Yes. Tell me, how'd you get so baldy, Dames? <laughs> well, I, I gave my hair to my profession. 
You gave your hand to your profession? Yes, I was attending a rehearsal of an Indian opera. Naturally, I fell asleep, and uh, when I woke up, I was scalped. <laughs> well, you can't say the Indian wasn't thorough. <coughs> but I am being a thoughtless mine host. How about a bite to eat, Deems? Uh, Fats, take Mr. Taylor's order, huh? Uh, what have you, Fats? Well, would you like the 30-cent dinner or the 50-cent dinner? What's the difference? With the 50 cents dinner, you get a fly swatter. <laughs> uh, give me the uh, 50 cent dinner. I need the exercise. Hey, <laughs> Arch. Uh, what is it, Finnegan? Who's the guy with the crew haircut? <laughs> the crew bailed out. <laughs> Come here. This no, happens no. to be Deems Taylor, and he's very sensitive about it. His lack of no hair, see? So remember, don't mention hair when you're talking to him. No, not a word. I'll leave it to me. Well, Deems Taylor, as I live and breathe. Why, you do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, simul- and simultaneously, too. <laughs> Hey, Arch, is it okay to talk to the guy? Yeah, only remember what I told you. I got you. Uh, uh, <clears throat> a nice day today, ain't it? Certainly is. My, but you're looking well. Why, thank you. Tell me, who does your scalp? <laughs> What's the matter? Did, did I let it slip? Talk to the guy about something else. Uh, talk about music. Oh, okay, music. Say, uh, uh, Mr. Taylor, why do I always get you confused with Spike Jones? Because you're a jerk. Oh, that's it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> now, Archie, uh, you're, you're much too intolerant. Yeah. Finnegan has to be treated with understanding and patience. Uh, Finnegan, my friend... Yeah, uh, Spike Jones is an exponent of jazz and musical burlesque. Oh. While I, on the other hand, am uh, what they call a long hair. What'd you do, leave it home? <laughs> Archie, uh, what was that word you used a moment ago? Jake. Thank you. Finnegan, you're a jake. Beat it. Atta James. <laughs> I say, Archie, this is a surprise. I knew you had a piano here, but I didn't know it was a baby grand. I beg your pardon. James, this is Miss Duffy. Oh. The piano's the one over there with the shapely legs. So you're Deems Taylor, the well-known critic. That's right. So what have you got to be so critical about? (laughs) Miss Duffy, that's his job. The guy criticizes music. Do you hate music? No, I love it. Then why criticize it? Well, uh... Why don't you criticize architecture? Really, I haven't the slightest interest in architecture. That's right. Throw Katrinka Yarbutz' mother out of work. Katrinka Yarbutz' mother? She's a steeplejack. (laughs) How did Katrinka Yarbutz get into this? I suppose she's not welcome just because she's from Lithuania. Miss Duffy, look... I'm only trying to tell you that my field is music. So what's wrong with the music from Lithuania? (laughs) Miss Duffy, please, 
Uh, let's drop the subject and go on to something, shall I say, more important. Well, I, I know what you mean, but frankly, you're much too old for me. <laughs> In fact, you remind me of my father. <laughs> well, that makes us even. You remind me of my father. Look, Miss Duffy, you have just been exited. Uh, now, look, Deems, I got a little surprise for you. Another? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess a lot of morons uh, come to you with operas they have written, huh? Oh, that's right. Where's, where's yours? <laughs> right here. Uh, and it's the first opera ever wrote for television. It's years ahead of its time. I can wait. <laughs> But I can't, so uh, why don't you take it over in the corner and read it, you know, just quiet-like. Mm. Couldn't I scream just once? <laughs> well, if the mood seizes you. <clears throat> Let me look at this. Uh, you say you wrote this opera for television? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do, bring back radio? <laughs> Say, Archie. Yeah, Deems. It says here on the opera, written by Archini. Is that you? Of course. <laughs> I figured Archie was too plain for opera, so I decided to uh, adopt a musical name, you know, a metronome. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, Deems, uh, did you look over the opera? Yes. What do you think of it? Well, uh, considering the fact that you never went to school, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Look, James, you're just looking at the raw music. It'll sound better when you hear yourself singing it. I would rather drop dead. <laughs> Not until the second act. <laughs> well, what do you say? Will you sing it, yes or no? No. No, huh? Deems, I got 23 more bald-headed jokes. You have? Yeah. <clears throat> Attaboy, Deems. Glad to have you in the cast. Now, here, Finnegan, Miss Duffy, here's your parts. Uh, Fats, you're the orchestra. Uh, overture, please. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gents, I am honored to present a new opera wrote by my esteemed self. This opera tells the story of an ancient and royal Italian family named the Pastos. And their enemies... The antipastos. <laughs> the part of Prince Cacciatore Pasto will be sung by Mr. Deems Taylor, our eminent contemporary and mezzo barracuda. <laughs> Thank you. Now, the part of his sweetheart, Princess Vermicelli Antipasto... Will be sung by the well-known lyric falsetto uh, and popular cashier and girl after men about town, <laughs> Miss Duffy. Thank you. And now the house lights dim and the curtain rises on the first libretto. Oh, Cacciatore, how can I live without you? Oh, Vermicelli, I'm so mad about you. Oh, Moon. Oh, Joan. E good dad. Boy, is this bad. <laughs> Please, Mr. Taylor. 
Tonight, you are not a critic. You are merely a broken-down opera singer. Oh, I'm sorry. Granted. <laughs> oh, what a tragedy. This you are telling me. Dear, shall we laugh or cry? You laugh and I will cry. Ha, 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 ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Some tragedy. Um... Oh, uh, Archie. Yeah? This music... Uh, yes? It's uh, La Donna Immobile. Thanks, and it gets even better. <laughs> Continue, orchestra. Oh, princess. Oh, princess. A man cometh through the forest. It's my trusty servant, an old family container. <laughs> uh, oh, princess, princess, with a rato. I wither here. <laughs> Whither art thou? What hides you hence? I come tiding sad bearings. Uh, tiding bad bearings. I get the... Uh, uh, I got news for you. <laughs> Princess, the, your old man, the Baron Gorgonzola Antipasto, approaches forthwith. He has found out that you are in love with the son of a mortal enemy. Oh, quickly, Cacciatore, we must flee. Flee, 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 flee. Some tragedy. It is too late to flee, my love. Here is your father now. Well, where is our old man? Penny, and you're the father, too. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, hello, my daughter. What are you doing with the son of the man I hate? Prince Cacciatore, whither is your father? I wither right here, Antipasto. Wouldst make order of it? Now, please, no scenes, Pop. Pasto, I hate you. And I hate you. Oh, I hate you. And I hate you. I hate you more than you hate me. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. We hate each other with a love that's true. Antipasto. Yes, Pasto. Didst thou bring thou swordst? I didst. Wouldst fightst? Wouldst. Then, sir, on guards. Ooh! Stop them, Cacciatore, before they sunder each other from limb to limb. I cannot bear Michelli, lest they will sunder me. Then I will stop them, though it cost me my blood life. Gazooks! The princess has run betwixt them. She has just been stabbed on stage left. <laughs> Okay, Miss Duffy, uh, there's your cue. Drop dead. Oh. Eek! Oh, tis the death rattle. <laughs> I fear I have stabbed your daughter to the quick. Uh, no, Pato. Thee have stabbed thine own daughter. What? Verily? Yes. What dire loud doest thou sayest, thou man? <laughs> Tis the truth I speak, Pasto. 
I am the old nurse. And when the prince and princess were mere babes in arms, I got them all mixed up one day. Thou mixes them up? Yeah, I mixes them up. I got them all mixes up. I couldn't tell them apart. I got them all mixes up. I mixed them up. They mixed us up. Then, then, Vermicelli, I am you. Yes, Cacciatore, and I am you. And he is she. And she is he. And for two and two That's please. Stop it. Don't massacrate this noble music. Now, go ahead, Miss Duffy. Will you please resume dying? Oh, Cacciatore, I am dying. My tide <coughs> is ebbing fast away. Oh, Princess, per favore, do not leave me. I'm sorry, my prince, but the time has come when I must die. Tell us why. For Gabriel blows his horn at I. Please, Please don't, don't die. die. Oh, princess, don't leave me like this. Oh, no, you can't just die and leave the prince like this. I've got to go. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, I must go. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Yes, I must go. Oh, oh no, 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 no. no. Then she is not the only one. There goes Deems. She's had all he can stand, it seems. Come back, Deems. No, Archie, I must leave, methinks. But first, I'd like to say that this here opera... Deems! <laughs> Listen again next week, friends, to Duffy's Tavern, transcribed by NBC. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for